right, this cut goes out to all y'all that's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right, he's got game. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Big state. Big state. Man, if I could have got that treatment during recruiting, like, <laughs> but anyway. They weren't trying to do that recruiting me to Mary Holmes College play basketball. <laughs> anyway, shout West out Park. Ray Allen. <clears throat> yeah, Stephen Stills and uh, Public but, Enemy. Yeah, man. that's Okay, so it's I had that song on like a CD from like 10 years ago maybe 20, and, like, I kept all those CDs, and now my truck doesn't have an aux cord. Were these burned CDs? Yeah, yes. Of, it, like, it Napster says, like, Merck. Summer, summer Mix 07. <laughs> but, like, like I don't I don't list what's on there, so I just let it eat, and yeah. then just, like, oh, man. You know, but it, there's one on there. That's I gotta, awesome. I know well, is. you know, that was a pretty good collab. That one worked out well. <laughs> Funny thing. <I'll, laughs> some didn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, some didn't. Some are awesome. You know, Phil Collins and Bone Thugs doing Home. That's the best ever. It's that's the, the that's the standard bearer. It is. One one that I can think of as garbage was Nelly and Tim McGraw. Yeah, that one sucked. That was bad. I mean, it just it like was bad. what were they? What was it? What, yeah. Oh man, that just got the throw up taste in my mouth. Pac changes and uh, who was the piano guy with him? Uh, Bruce Hornsby. Yeah, Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, that one actually gets me kind of pumped up. Oh, dude, yeah. no doubt. But it's kind of I funny. see no changes. <laughs> I want to speak. Wake up in the morning and I ask that's myself. myself. Uh, it kind of brings me to a quick point that I want to talk about before I talk about my weekend and you talk about your weekend. Because yeah. we had some, we had some, had some things going on. Yes. Um, Old Town Road. <laughs> uh, I never, I did not think that there could be a song worse than Achy Breaky Heart. And then Billy Ray Cyrus said, hold my beer. <laughs> In his album. <laughs> In his catalog. The two worst songs probably of all time are Billy Ray Cyrus's Achy Breaky Heart and then this song, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Um <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's trash. It's just not good. So I got to I got to tell this story. I'll, I'll tell you about do. I'll tell you about my weekend real quick. Friday, I got to DJ and MC the Buds and Burgers competition in downtown Tupelo, and uh, it was off Broadway. There were fifteen teams or so cooking awesome burgers. The secret ingredient was kimchi, and it was a fantastic night. The weather was great. I got to stop you. What's in kimchi? It's like a fermented cab Asian cabbage spices and stuff. Red and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch and them make the best around. See, I, I watch all these food videos and I see people like doing things with kimchi, and I'm like, I've never actually just had kimchi. I thought that was a name from one of the Tekken Tag fighters. Dude, I swear <laughs> there was a kimchi in one of those, one of those off-brand. Tekkens or Street Fighters or something. But I, I never had it before. I don't really eat much cabbage, but like I said, it's good. I, and Mitch pretty much, he said, hey, I'm going to cook you this steak. But try this stuff. Does it, does it taste like, does it have an Asian taste to it? Like a Well, and, it was not like a hoisin Asian taste, but okay. I, I just know it just kind of, I feel like it kind of comes from, like those spices are in but there. You could picture yourself eating ramen and... Yeah, like stir fry with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, okay, absolutely. You. It's I pretty good. You. It can be really spicy and stuff like that. Mitch, so there was, there if was you're some, listening, I need you to make me some kimchi. So I, the 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 Tupelo Park and Rex team won. They won oh, the yeah. uh, they won the, the burger thing. Uh, the Tupelo to go slash Thirsty Devil won the uh, Fans Choice Award nice. for like best tent. They had a Mardi Gras themed tent. Uh, there was a bunch of good folks out there. Uh, Cole, Cole McCarty and them had a pretty yeah. good they had a good time. I think they finished second, maybe third. Can't really Forklift finished third, so Cole and then finished second. Oh, so cool. it was really cool, cool, but they put on a good thing. But anyway, I got to DJ the event. Shout out to Ben McAlilly. I saw the picture. Shout man, out to yeah. Ben McAlilly for uh, getting me to do it. It was really fun. It was nice to meet him. But here's the thing they put the barricade around me on all four sides so that A, nobody would touch my speakers, you know, knock them over a bunch of yeah, foot yeah. and B, so nobody would give me their crap requests. 
You know, this was going to be a wagon wheel, cha-cha slide, Cupid shuffle free zone. You, but did you think you, that it was coming? Though? I like, knew, like, like people, you could eyeball the guy. It's like he's about to come. Over people here and they drink and they they just they think, man, this guy is can he's this is the all request line. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's kind of like a trivia. But line. I know you as DJ No Request. It's DJ No Request. This this weekend I was DJ Uncle BB for my friend Ezra Weaver. He he, I mean, he calls me Uncle <laughs> BB, so we went with that because I always play him songs. It's your pal. But, it's my pal. Ezra's my pal. So anyway. Um, this girl, and I'm going to tell you a funny thing. Um, <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what you'd think. Early in the night, a, a, a white girl comes up to you, probably 15 or 16. Hey, can you play Old Town Road by Lil Nas X? And I emphatically looked her in the face and said no and went back to DJ. 20, 30 minutes later, somebody comes up. Hey, do you take requests? I said, it depends on what it is. White girl, maybe 18, 19. Um, can you play that song, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X? No. And I keep on DJing. 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, a 50-year-old white lady walks up to no. me and says, hey, do you take requests? And I jokingly say, it depends on how much money you got. You know what I mean? I'm thinking, you know, she's going to say, ha, ha, yeah. ha. And she might ask for the Cupid Shuffle or the Wobble. She says, can you play Old Town Road by Lil Nas X? I said, no, ma'am. I cannot. I don't have it in my bone structure. So anyway, funny thing. Throughout the same exact time, intermixed between these white folks requesting Lil Nas X, there's some black folks from around town. And every one of them comes up to me and goes, hey, man, can you play Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton? Shut up. <laughs> I'm kidding you not. So I'm like, absolutely, I can play that. So I would play that. And then a little while later, somebody would say, hey, man, can you play, you know, and they would say, you know, Garth Brooks, you know, this insert song here, Friends in Low Places. Sure, I can. But it was really fun how... The opposites of what I would think would happen. Yeah. Would happen. So, needless to say, we most certainly heard Chris Stapleton. <laughs> we did not hear Little Nas X. I find it interesting that like those are the orders you've got the request. Yeah, and demographically speaking, I mean, like the song's not good. It was not. And you know, actually, I think they went. You know, the reason that Billy Ray Cyrus got on the track is because country radio was had rejected the song. The reason Billy Ray Cyrus... Well, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, it's rap. The reason Billy Ray Cyrus got on the song is because he wants to make money. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no no, question. He's doing what Miley Cyrus has tried to do, cross over <laughs> to the African-American community. He succeeded. Shout out to Billy Ray. The most square, <laughs> mullet-wearing white dude we got. Business in the front. Yeah. Horses in the back. But I, wanted, I do want to say that Buds and Burgers was insanely awesome. Man, it was great. Um, the best burger I had was uh, the Snap-on Tools tent, and I don't even eat pickled vegetables. It was oh, I love pickled pickled vegetables. They had pickled onions and like some maybe some pickled uh, cucumbers. I know those are pickles, but they're like quick, quick, uh, quick pickles. Yeah, yeah, or quickles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quickles, quickles. Yeah, but they did them homemade. They were really good, and um, it was just a really good spicy kind of burger to me. And I, I liked it. It was really good. Shout out to them for hooking me up. But no everybody was nice. Um, did Mitch make a burger? Mitch did not. Mitch was a judge. That's fair. My friend Mitch Baldwin was in the Snap-on okay. group. They made they made some stuff. But uh, shout out to Mitchell Distributing. There was all kind of beer. I mean, it was it was really fun. Yeah, who's, it was a who's who. The only thing missing was you. I know, man. But I know you were busy. So tell me about your weekend. Yeah, man. I actually, uh, for the first time in a while, I didn't have a go rest eye weekend. Good for you, man. Um, shout out to Tupelo for making it through. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't come through the door. Praying for you If you don't come through McKinley's office doors, you're okay. <laughs> um, but, no, I actually got to scout out uh, – a handful of baseball games. Okay. Saw some players that uh, prospectively I won't possibly on my roster this summer. Do I need to go take them a duffel bag full of uh, what's happening swag or are we good? Just, <laughs> you know, about 20 grand's what they're looking for. You just throw it in one of those little duffel bags you got. And then my dad wants a tractor. <laughs> you get the hell out of here, Ricky. <laughs> 
Shout out to Pete Bell. Oh, <laughs> take that jersey off. You don't deserve to wear it. So you Nick saw some Nolte. good players. The weather was good for a little yes, while. Yes, it really was. Uh, Friday, Saturday. So Friday, I actually double dipped. I did um, Tupelo and Oxford. Tupelo got a huge win in division, yeah, and they're like actually anytime you beat Oxford, it's a big win. Oh man, no doubt. And that's that. Um, they're banged up still, you know, but they're about to get uh, Hunter Elliott or yeah, Hunter Elliott and uh, John Luke Marlin back. So oh, nice. potentially in the next two or three weeks. So for them, it's just I think a get in and survive until you get those two guns back and they got a chance. I mean, those two kids change you right. completely. You lose your number one and number two. I mean, but anyway, um, saw them in Oxford. Uh, that put them in position to possibly still win the division. Uh, and then I, I left about halfway through and I watched TCPS and Smithville. Ooh, two small school powers in the area. Yes, sir. Uh, two of the last three state champ- champions in 1A, I think. Really, Two really well-respected 1A programs. Um, Will Lowry, Blue Mountain College uh, athletic director we've had on the radio yeah. before when we were at ESPN. He uh, he got to throw out the first pitch, and it was it, it was a big – they honored um, one of his – I think it was his wife's friend. I, I missed the whole ceremony, but I saw it on Twitter. But really, really cool deal. Big crowd. Uh, but the star of the game is Mr. Jared Johnson from Smithville. Uh, he – this kid – I joked with Michael Campbell – I sent him to take the football coach at Smithville. You know, we had him on the radio a ton. And uh, I Joe said, how did you not get this monster to play football? He's right. like, man, I got there like his sophomore year. And he had already, you know, just kind of committed to baseball. And that's what he wanted to do. And obviously, it was the right choice. He signed with ICC. But, man, this kid's got a chance to be a special, special he's a two, player. Probably a two-year at ICC get drafted kind of kid. Maybe a one-year. Maybe one year. And he'll be a qualifier. I, I, think, uh, I yeah. think Butch Thompson from Auburn is, is interested in him as of right now. If he and, goes you know, over there and Rick Collier shows him how to swing that stick a little bit better. Oh, well, and it doesn't hurt that he's a legit 90-92 yeah, guy off the mound. Right. And, he, and he didn't pitch, but, I mean, he hit a ball. You know when you're driving on 78 and you see the back of TCPS's field? Yeah. He hit a ball to right center that was about halfway between the back of that fence and By that old school of flooring place? Is it like an old school? It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like it literally – you know, you see a lot of home runs. My, our, our buddy Kevin Caldwell yeah. hit one one time in a Senior Legion State Championship in, uh, in uh, West Point that kind of disappeared at night. This one disappeared in the night, and it was just like, That's cool. oh, my gosh, this kid's this kid can play. I've never hit a baseball that's disappeared into the night. <laughs> that would be a really good feeling, I think. I've never dunked a basketball, and I've never hit a baseball that disappeared in the night. But a good weekend, though, man, nonetheless, and got to watch a lot of good basketball, too. Yeah, so. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that in the second session. No doubt. But something happened this weekend that I know you caught, and i got to bring it up. Tell me about the music awards. Oh, we were, Brian, we were Brian, talking about Brian, some music. Brian, but I want to tell me, uh, tell me what you think about what went on with the, uh, the was it the Academy of Country Music, the ACMs, yeah, ACMs is the ACMs. Um, and I'm not a big awards show guy. I just I never have been. I, I like it if it's like I know I'm going to listen to good music. But like, I mean, this is no offense to Luke Bryan. Well, this is 100 percent offense to Luke Bryan fans. That's not what I want to hear when I cut the, you know, like when I cut it on. I don't want to hear when Luke I, Bryan. When, I, when Luke Bryan he came on stage last night, man. I hope he uh, he listens every week. I'm sure. So oh, just, I, hope, yeah. I hope he I hope he had a hardest feelings when I say this. But when I close my eyes, I don't know if I'm hearing Kermit the Frog or Ray Romano. I know. <laughs> and I'm okay with skinny jeans because I make skinny jeans. I think they right. look good on the guys, you know. But uh, the way the, the the things that are coming out of the Nashville music scene, as they say. Um, the only they they rolled uh, George Strait out there as a token, you know. And he, oh, he yeah. I don't even know if he sang. Did he sing Amarillo by Morning or the no, Chair? No, he sang his uh, new song, uh, "God and Country Music," mm-hmm. which is the most George Strait title 
to a song. You've, but I mean, you know, can I be real? I didn't even hear it, and I'm sure it wasn't even half as good as the hits. No, I mean it's it's not. But, but I mean, Stapleton was good. I watched. He that. was good. But uh, but and Luke Combs was good. Now I, I do want to mention this, and I, I was done. I was kind of proud of that. Mm-hmm. They've done a complete reboot of their album, and they like uh. They did Brand New Man right. with Luke Combs. That, that was, was really that was, good. That was good. That was good. Um, but, you know, like Dan and Shay, yeah. I'm sorry, but, like, let's just quit calling it the ACM. Savage Garden with a banjo is what I call them. That's you know it. I mean? that you couldn't, you're spot on. It's <laughs> Rascal Flatts Jr. Yeah. Like, it's, like, I don't know how anybody. Keith Urban started this crap. No, for real. Can we talk about who started it? He's our boy, but Gar started it. Yeah, Gar yeah. started it. He did. He, it was like, but his he, stuff's good, it though, is, man. But, but his new stuff's junk. But it his is. old stuff was good. But like, but you're right, Keith Keith Urban. But like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, Keith, Keith Urban, Urban Rascal era. Flats mm-hmm. era, where like they were like it was just that like, come on, like that's that, like, take that's your records, take your freedom. The whiny country just, became yeah, broke country, and now and like whiny country, the the I front end of it was country, okay. Yeah. And now the bro country thing is just like if you're not singing about. With your boys on the lake with girls and a couple beers, and it's just like, man, well, this ain't what this was meant to be. Well, here's what I wish would happen. It's not country. I wish they would take that word. Uh, out. Right. Country is Tyler Childers. Country is Luke Combs. And Chris Stapleton. Country is Chris Stapleton. Country is Sturgill Simpson. Yes. Country is Midland. Like the, Travis Tritt. Those are yes. real, I mean, those are people like that are country. <laughs> I wanted to see if you were paying attention. I think Travis Tritt there. These guys are Southern pop. That's right. That's, that's what it should that, be. That's what it's, it should be the, the Southern, Southern Pop, Pop Awards. I'm cool. iHeartRadio. That's yeah. fine. There's there's a there's a there's a demographic of it's people out there that, genre in itself. and people like that. Yeah. And there's some. I mean, you know, and I get it, man. Some of them are catchy. Yeah. You know, they're catchy. You can tap your foot to them a little bit, but like, I want to hear Chris Stapleton pour his heart out mm-hmm. into a song. I want to hear Travis Tritt almost bust a vocal cord on the third verse of uh, "Not a Dry in the House," d- dude. Like, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's different. It's like last night, Thomas Rhett was singing, and there was one other human being on the stage playing an electric guitar. I couldn't see another instrument. And I knew his guitar wasn't even plugged in. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, if there's not a steel guitar, uh, if there's not a, a you know a banjo, if there's, not see, a, if there's not even an acoustic guitar, it's right. not country music. And I don't even like... <laughs> I'm I'm not the biggest Thomas Rhett fan, but I mean he's a good guy. He really is. If you he know is. his story, he's a really he's good, a good guy. guy. But this is not country. And he's music. a talented musician. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, like this should be on another thing. Like what, it just, I don't know, man. Cool. But like, I, I, there's several acts were good. Yeah, but I mean, I saw I saw two that I like. I said I enjoyed though. I saw I enjoyed the Brooks and Dunn and Luke Holmes. Yes, that was and, and so I enjoyed, good. I enjoyed Stapleton. But I, 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 and I, not because I, I want to marry her, but. Um, Casey Musgraves. Man, she's awesome, though. She she's good. good. She's good. She her album actually last year was really good. But see, she she's a country artist. But yeah. She, but she's she is really actually in the Americana genre. With, with but but and she sounds like yeah. uh, just a funny story. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm gonna mention they're trying to I pull her over into the country act, but she's really. I, I'm gonna mention these 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 four girls because they they introduced me to Casey Musgraves. So this would have been three years ago in Driver's Ed. Okay. And and I don't mind saying this because I'm an, I'm not employed by the school anymore. During Driver's Ed, during we first block, the we uh we went to Big Bad Breakfast in Oxford, oh. which wasn't the first or last time we had done that. But it was uh Sarah Witt who played for me, right? Um, Mary Kate Butler, Rossi, Beth Robinson, and Emma Harris. They were in, they were in, like they that was their group. Right. They drove, and I always just you know it's I'm a pretty just, fun group. Oh no, they were fun. They were fun. They were. 
and they'll hate this, but they, sometimes they were annoying. Sometimes <laughs> I slipped. Imagine that. <laughs> in the, but sometimes I slept the whole ride, but and besides the driver. But anyway, <laughs> we're going over to Big Bad Breakfast. And I didn't ever, you know, like, you know, when you're like in that, de- like you see on TV and movies, like the dad, like when he's got a bunch of teenage girls in the car, he just lets them do the radio and right. he's just kind of like, oh my kinda God, miserable please can I listen to Travis, Tr-? you know, whatever. Well, I always just kind of let them have free reign on the radio. And one of them just like plugged the aux in and started playing this. And I was like, man, this, this is kind of good. And just turns out to be, it was Casey Musgraves. Right. So, um, but anyhow, no, I, but, but I actually listened to a handful of her songs after that, and it's, I mean, she's enjoyable, but like, but, but it, back to the original point, though, no kidding, man, like, we, uh, we have, as a society, gone away from what country music started out to be. Yeah. We, and here's the thing, it needed a change, it but did. it happened in the 90s, it early did. 90s. Yeah. That try change to, was necessary. Bubba Garth, yeah. That change, like, you know, like, like the, the, the golden era is what I call it, and if you argue that, I have a problem with you. Yeah. Don't come to me with... It, the, not, the, 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 from, the old from 1988 guys. to 1997. That's fair. Was a really good time. Really, like there was everybody was just absolute bops on country radio, man. Like it was like there was nobody bad. What's funny is guys like Joe Diffie would have been legends in the 60s or 70s. Oh my god, he was in there with he. Just, yeah, he know. was like the. Uh, like yeah, he was John Deere Green's album. That, no, that's that's it's on a hot summer night. Just speaking of which, and that weird twangy voice, John Anderson. John Anderson, the most recognizable, distinct, distinctive voice or whatever. No question. Him and Aaron Neville both in their own genres. You 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 can pick them out of anything. But let me tell you what bothers me, and then I'll get off of this soapbox on the ACMs. You anytime any of these guys accept an award, I think it was maybe it may have been Dan and Shay. Which is just saying their name makes me upset. But anyway, I feel like this is the two people who won prom king and queen at South Pontotoc when I was in high school. Uh, Dan right? And Shay. Oh, hey, congrats! <laughs> but anyway, is it is it a man and a woman? That's <laughs> no, a man and a man. Oh, okay, okay. That's yeah. Okay, okay. That, you I mean, you just proved my point. I, I, I'm sorry, I thought it was a man. <laughs> but anyway, my bad. I assumed gender. My fault. Anyway, no, continue. it's okay. Uh, but anyway, they uh, they came out and then you know they were accepting an award and like it was like you know man to be up here on the same stage as some of the guys that inspired us, like you, George Straits, and then, you know, we go back and then Conway's in our roots, and you're like, time out. You should have said guys like Nelson. And, yeah, <laughs> like Extreme Savage Garden Mr. was Big. in your, yeah, exa- that's, that was what was in your, but, like, it just doesn't make any sense. And then, like, you know, you hear, like, Jason Aldean came on stage, and he was like, you know, that man right there, he's pointing at George Straits, why I wear this cowboy hat. And you're like, okay. No, I, it's because Stetson pays you to wear it. That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that hurts me. But anyway, the, it needs an overhaul. And I'm proud. I'm super, super proud of guys like Luke Combs and, and your Casey Musgraves of the world. What, what I think you know. Nashville's figuring out is they've gotten so far away from it that they are slowly but surely trying to integrate the sound back. It's like cyclical. Yeah. yeah they're, 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 they're getting re- – I think they're kind of – they can't do it because it's so popular and makes so much money, but right. they're interweaving really co- country musicians back in with your Florida Georgia Lions and Jason Aldean right. posers. And, right. and they've got to kind of do like they did before. They weeded country out. they got to weed it back in. You're so, right. Anyway. Great, you, great you, point. You're not a big uh, – you said you weren't a big award show guy. Have you got any – you know, throughout the years you've watched award shows and stuff like music. Have you got any things you remember? I got one. I got one. I want you to tell me yours. All right. So – this was in 94. And like I said, you got to understand, I am not an award show guy. But for some reason, of course, I, I grew up with three girls in the house. So if award show was on, we were going to have to watch it. Now, I like the ESPYs, the right. old ESPYs right. before they, yeah. you know, 
get got all politically correct. ESPN's kind of like MTV. They have the award show yeah. not about music anymore. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, anyway. Any, but, but anyway, the, the one award moment specifically, um, and I don't even know if it was award, if it was just live performance because it was so good, but Whitney Houston, right after The Bodyguard came out, did I Will Always Love You, and it sounded just like it does on the album. Mm. And, you know, you could say, you could tell me, there's there's people that will tell you out there, oh, man, any crackhead can do that. You know, that's got some vocal cords. No. Yeah. But Whitney. She was she was one of a kind of voice. She was sh- shout out to my buddy Will Klein. It's like it's, he, he, he goes into another planet when that song comes on. But anyway. Rightfully so. Well, mine was the uh, 2014 Grammy performance by Daft Punk. Okay. It was after the new album, uh, Random Access Memories, came out. They had Pharrell and Niles Rogers on stage. And you knew Daft Punk was somewhere there, but like they were just on stage. And then all of a sudden it comes to the robot, where the robot voices talk. And the two DJs were in a DJ booth, and they were in there doing their thing. And nice. I was sitting in Taco Polo with my old roommate, Kyle Mackins, and it, we were probably having some whiskey shots or something. And when that happened, I like went to another plane. Like I lost it. I, I got so excited. Oxygen left my body. Like, oh! <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but that was, that was a good one for me. But. All this music talk kind of, it brings me to a question for you. A little, okay. rap, a little rapid fire. Oh, um, boy. You, you, you gave me questions last time, so I got some from you here, uh, for you here. Um, this, uh, this question segment is called um, Nickelback or. So I'm going to give oh, you gosh. another artist, and you got to tell me if you would rather go to a Nickelback concert or this artist, or who you prefer better. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm keeping score here. They're actually. How do, I, how do I win? This is all matter of opinion for me. <laughs> it's just a matter of opinion. <laughs> well, that would definitely be a tenacious D over Nickelback. Tenacious Duh. D over all. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to start you off with an easy one. Would you rather hear Nickelback or Jason Aldean? Jason Aldean. Oh, for one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Brian Adams <laughs> heaven cover that I would listen to. Okay. All right. Any Nickelback. Anyway. All right, Nickelback or Smash Mouth? Smash Mouth. Okay, okay, okay. I give you a point for that one. <laughs> Somebody want anyway. Yeah, uh, walking on the sun was that them? You might as well yeah. be walking. And they, on did, the, they yeah. did. They were on the Shrek soundtrack, so that's cool. All right. <laughs> oh, I hate Total you. judgment coming here from me and all the millions of folks listening. Nickelback or Florida Georgia Line? Oh man, dude. Can I get like a? There's a Finger right, amputated there, there's instead. A, this, there's a right answer here. <sighs> Dang, Brian. Nickelback or Florida Georgia Line? Are we talking about like right now? Like if you brought the boombox anytime, in Anytime. Right anytime. Just like who would you rather hear? Nickelback or Florida Georgia Line? Don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified, man. Um, like it. I've never thought that this would be the hardest question I've had to answer in my life to this date. Um, yeah. Florida Georgia Line. Oh, my goodness. You're I'm f- sorry. <laughs> so uh, my email address is bdbaldwin24 at yahoo.com. I'll be taking submissions for a new <laughs> podcast. <laughs> dude, that's an impact. <laughs> Next week, you are, you're so toast, dude. All right, so i got a few more, and we'll go through this pretty quick. Nickelback or Ricky Martin? Ricky Martin. Nickelback or Buck Cherry? Ooh. <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna go nickelback. Okay, okay. That was that was actually a right answer. You've got one point so far. <laughs> you got two. <laughs> Smash mouth and, and if there's <laughs> right answers in this, I never want to be wrong again. <laughs> All right, so nickelback or seether? <laughs> seether. Okay. 
And this might be the toughest one of the entire thing. There's no way. I'm telling you, it's going to be tougher. You ready? Nickelback or Creed? Creed. <laughs> All right, so. Oh, hold on. Nickelback or random white dude singing Turn the Page at Woody's? Random white guy at Woody's? Absolutely, that right? Could be, I mean, that could be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have that. I don't know. My assistant baseball coach in the summer, Colin McCrory, he, uh, you know those CDs I was telling you about? We were listening to them on the way up to Columbia, Tennessee, and I'm like, I'm telling you, when I say they were like 20, 15 to 20 years old mixes of them, I guess I had made one. I was like 14, 15, and there was some Creed on there. And like, you know, when you're when you're letting somebody else listen to your mix and you're like, oh, God, I'm embarrassed. You want to change it real quick? When Creed came on, he like lost it. He was like, dude, dude. At the 2000 Memphis in May Bill Street Music Festival, when Creed was at the height of their popularity for those four months, <laughs> they did put on one of the most memorable <laughs> Memphis in May performances. They were singing. It was a rainy, muddy day. And like, I remember like sparks showering down off the stage, and everybody was really. All right, I got them. something for you on Creed. Mm-hmm. You want a real treat and try and. All right, I'm just going to pose this challenge to you and anybody listening, Brian. I want you to go to YouTube in your, in your leisure time. And I want you to search Creed Halftime Show Cowboy Stadium and try to watch the whole thing and not laugh. Okay. I want you to do that for me. I will try that. I will do that. And I, want I you might to have to do a reaction it. video. Oh, you <laughs> I just want you to just watch it and try not to laugh. All right. I'm down <laughs> with that. Well, you mentioned funny thing. You, you mentioned two things at once. You said uh, I was actually going to ask you this question, and it's funny that you, you do this sometimes. You're talking about going, you were talking about listening to CDs, and you said you were yeah. going to Columbia, Tennessee. Well, I was going to ask you, when you were a kid, did you ever order those CDs from Columbia House? 100%. One pe- a penny a CD? Well, do you remember, all right, it may not have been from Columbia House, but what was the first CD you remember owning? No, I know this perfectly. Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. I think we might have already talked about this. Maybe. Before. Maybe maybe so. Maybe It's on that unreleased episode. Oh, that's Was that it? <laughs> so that was a spoiler. The un. Spoiler. Maybe so. Mine was, I think, John Michael Montgomery, Life's a Dance. I but had the, that the first, at my ninth the first birthday CD party. I ever remember listening to, my Uncle Gary and my Aunt Brenda had a TV surround sound back in the 80s where we used to watch our oh, WrestleMania yeah. and our wrestling events. We'd hear it come through there. And uh, they had Pure Prairie Leagues. It's one of their CDs, Greatest Hits, had Amy on there. Dude, and that is a I, banger. It's, it's my favorite. I think it's my favorite song, like of all time, sentimentally speaking. You know, Dude, that is a banger. But I remember, anyway, I remember. Listening to the, the anyway, the song came on the radio today, and it remi- it took me back to being a six or seven year old kid hanging out after school at my cousin Greg's house and Brendan and house and listening to CDs. And I just kind of I think that music is the closest thing we have to a time machine. Truthfully, no doubt. You know, what I mean, transcends. Yeah, I mean, there. Were <laughs> funny, I don't know why I thought about this, but I, I some of uh, my roommate he was asking my legit roommate. <laughs> Yeah, not my roommate. Yeah. I'm a new homeowner, by the Congrats. way. Congrats. You're Joyner. Uh, Magnolia. Magnolia. In Joyner neighborhood. Joyner neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, um, anyway, go he ahead. was asking me, he said, you know, what What person do you think would have been super huge in the day of iTunes, like streamable music, more so than, because nowadays there can be a nobody get on SoundCloud. I don't mean a nobody. Oh, yeah. An unknown. I mean, sure. an unknown get on SoundCloud and have something really cool, like Lil Nas X. I mean, it's not cool, but like they didn't blow up. And there was only one person I could think of from our day. How huge would that Afro Man album have been if it came out in 2019? He'd still be making music. I mean, yeah, because he that was that was regional. Yeah, but he couldn't get it out. He couldn't but, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, like yeah. outside of like the bubble of Memphis, Birmingham, 
Coach Jackson. Nobody knew who Afro Man was. I know. But now, like, you hear, like, there's people that will, like, listen to his stuff that are hearing it, like, years and years later. And you're like, man, this guy right here, I mean, what happened to him? I'm like, well, you never heard it when you were eight. I was bopping it when I was in high school. That album legit had five songs that I oh, think yeah. would have been huge, huge, huge number one. Billboard hits. I mean, uh, of course, because I got high, tall cans. Colt 45. Colt 45. Uh, the Mississippi song. And, of course, yeah. She Won't Let Me. That is one of the best <laughs> one of the best rap songs of all time. Quickie letter, quickie letter, quickie letter, hump back, so hump good. Back. I thought he was so far ahead of his time, but that was one. You got somebody that takes you back? Somebody you thought would be huge right now? Well, I would. I mean, I would say. I hate. I hate to do the kind of the same thing because he's done falling off. But I could, and he actually did kind of get out. He made it was David Banner. Oh yeah. Like you remember that when he first came out, you know, his Cadillacs on twenty twos. Like a pimp. And like a pimp, like it was. I'll tell you how how like how David Banner made it. Like a pimp was a hit, and he had gotten Lil Flip. There's another one. That's right. It's, it, this is typically rappers, right? You know, it, it, at the time. Chevy thing. You remember that song? <laughs> we may have to go to break. I know. I have that on CD. Okay. It's on the mix. <laughs> I knew Pookie. We went Did to you? high school. <laughs> what? Torlando? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know Pookie. Anyway. I knew all those gank, <laughs> Mr. Raw. I knew all them. <laughs> it's crazy. That, that was one of those uh, rappers. If uh, if you showed up to a party in high school or like you know early college, and four GP was there or SSP was there, this is it was kind of like I don't South know if Maine. this is where I need to be. And then eventually but you realize this is exactly this where is I exactly need. where I need to be, man. But but no kidding, no. I, uh, David Banner, he he got his break on the first, no second, Fast and Furious movie. Really? Because uh, like a pimp, it was it was David Banner's. Then Lil Flip jumped on the track, and, and all of a sudden, Ludacris, you know, who was in the movie, was like, "Man, this is good." And it was in the opening credits of Fast and Furious: Too Fast, Too Furious. We forget how awesome Ludacris was. Man, Dude. people these days don't remember how. Uh, okay, so I know my mom's going to hear this, and she's going to have to have an explanation when I when she understands it. And she asked me to listen to the pod, but you know those old Nokia phones that had the little antenna that were kind of tall. Yeah, the battery lasted like three and a half weeks. Yeah, you could when, go to and Greece. When, and when that antenna got broken off, it would stab you and like puncture. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like the little the cap yeah. end. Yeah. Yes. Well, that phone when it first had the you know the. Uh, it was it was actually SSP that came out with the the My Mississippi going the dun, 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 yep. dun, 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 dun. that was the ringtone the the default ringtone for Nokia, but I actually I don't know how we did this it was one of those deals where somebody just found like a torrent or something, but ludicrous blueberry yum yum, <laughs> when I was like thirteen years old was my. Was my ringtone, and my mom never understood. She was just like, and thank, thankfully, it never got to the actual lyrics. It was just, but it had been like the it would it would cut off at a it cut off at a get you light it, and then it was that, that was it. <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking, of course, I'm not partaking in anything that's going on in the song, but I just like the song. But if my mom would have actually ever heard the song, she'd have been like, Oh you no, that. you're not no. You're getting a flip phone. That's funny. That's no funny. ringtones. But to Luda, shout out. Shout out to Luda. Well, I tell you what, uh, we need to take a quick break. Yeah. I'm going to get up some some old 90s rap music, queued up maybe some Afro Man. Please. I'm going to fix me a, maybe, maybe make a Jack Black. Yeah. We're going to come back and you know what? We're going to talk about the final four.
The, cha- the championships tonight. Let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about what's going to happen tonight. We both see into the future. We know what's going down. Yeah, we know this. Yeah, we'll be right back. I've been stuck in the struggle and I've been wondering if I'm ever going to bubble. I'm getting caught up in the tough state of using my muscle and every time I extend my heart to my mother. Caught up in the game. Now I'm back up in the hustle. What's happening? What's happening, Anna, man? <laughs> we got to get better about that. Well, I'm just really excited that we had Phil Collins home right then. No doubt, man. That's my... You know, it's just a quick little tidbit funny story. There's a girl I took out like twice on a date in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually... Had just taken a break with a girl I was dating at the time. And this... Uh, so you this, used tween chicks. I was tween. Okay. I was few and tween. <laughs> but anyway, the girl that I'd taken out a couple of times was had just taken a break with her boys. It was really weird. Because it was like we were kind of feeling the same thing. So it was just right. easy, easy hangout. But her claim to fame was that she knew every single lyric to Home by Bone Thugs and Phil Collins, and it ruined everything for me. Why didn't you get on one knee and drop down and propose to her? Because it was like a humble brag. I guess you'd say, like, she was like, she's like, you know the song, like, she literally, like, walked me right in. She's like, you know the song Home? I was like, yeah, Bone Thugs and Phil Collins. I would have married her instantly if she just knew the words to Take Me Home by Phil Collins. (laughs) But I'm not kidding. Like, I was like, yeah. She's like, I know every single word. And I was like, cool. And she's like, you got it? And I was like, well, actually, I do. Bone thugs, man. Like, I actually had the CD. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had the, the Bone Thugs right. CD. It wasn't a burnt CD. So I put it in. I was like, all right, five. And I play it. And I was like, all right, here you go. And then she's, you know, quote the intro. And then she's like, I was back up in the struggle locker. When I, went to, I was like, <laughs> and like, you know, you, actually, you, you only fade off like after 10 seconds. It was like a minute and a half in. She's still just, boom. You know, I, I, I know every word. To all of the 15 minutes of Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. Do you really? I do. I really do. We'll pull that out one out of karaoke. That's a fun one to do at karaoke because after the first like three minutes, everybody's like, damn, how long is this song? Yeah, yeah uh, you're doing Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was, you're talking about rap, knowing the rap. She really would have been wife material if she could have verbatim done Twista from Slow Jams. Oh, my God. That's dude, one of the that's hardest things. Yeah. You know what? People fail to realize that that was actually. Uh, was it Jamie Foxx? It was uh, Jamie Foxx, Kanye West, and, and Twista. Twista. Yeah, that was like Kanye West launch. Made. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. That's a good song, she man. She, she wants some Marvin Gaye. It's a good one, man. Some Luther Van Droz. I think that the line he's talking to an old girl, and she, he says, "Damn, girl, I can't do it that fast." But I, know but I know somebody who can. Twista. And then he, and then he just starts like, yeah. uh, he's nobody could do it like Twista. Yeah, did Twista it. was awesome. Twista was awesome, man. It's a big night tonight. It was a big it's weekend a big, this past weekend. Big, big night. Sometime tonight, there is going to be a trophy risen, and Luther Vandross is going to get queued up, speaking of Luther Vandross, and there's going to be one shining moment played. But before we talk about our predictions, let's talk about what happened Saturday. Yeah. Really quick. Uh, I slept through the bore that was the defensive struggle of Texas Tech and Michigan State. I mean, it was a a good game. I get it. But the way Texas Tech locks people down on defense and gets them out of their game, it's very boring to watch. It's so hard to watch. I mean, they're littered with two- and three-star players. They've developed them well, but not really sold on Jerick Culver. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not. I wasn't sold on Cassius Winston after watching him. Oh, I mean, Jerick Culver had – he had two points. A horrendous time. night, and you know they had the kid get hurt. But the real topic of conversation: Auburn in Virginia Dude. was the opposite. I called it the final bore the other day. Oh. That, that game was anything but bore. 
set play after set play called by the the coaches on the sidelines. The way Auburn came from down was it ten? That's when I cut it on. Jerome it was got fifty-seven forty-seven. Jerome picked up his fourth foul. Jerome yes. picked up his fourth foul, and he went to the bench. And then Virginia couldn't score. I yeah. mean, and which is not always a big deal, but not for them anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Auburn was up four with ten seconds to go, and three things had to happen. Jared Harper had to miss a free throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia had to score on the other end, and then they had to let a double dribble go, and then a foul. You know what I mean? Like I know. I was really upset that the double dribble wasn't called. Me too. Because that is an egregious error. The back official was in perfect position. Well, as you buy the shelf, there's no scrum. You yeah. Know? Like there's no traffic. It's one yeah. guy being defended by another guy. The guy dribbled it off his heel or something yeah. like that. And I thought he would have done like he must and kept dribbling the ball as it was bouncing. You know what I mean? Because he would know right. he can't pick it up. But when he picked it up with two hands, was like, oh. I knew it had to be passed up the floor. Like, I mean, that's common knowledge. And Donnie McKay, There was no doubt in my Donnie mind. Donnie McKay makes that call 10 times out of 10 times. Oh, you know what I mean? And he's proud to make it. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Waking well, up praying to make that yeah, call. Yeah. You know, but in. Um, it was a that was that was about as an egregious of a missed double dribble call as the one called on Connor McKay that wasn't a few years ago. Oh man! So I mean those you know, but anyway, yeah. And then the shot at the end it was a foul. 100%. There's no doubt. Hundred percent. Got to have uh, room to land, right? I, yeah. And I, here's the thing: the guy made contact before the ball was out of his hand, and that that's what probably. Let me ask you this: because you're a basketball guy, if the ball leaves his hand, is it still a foul? No, I don't call that foul. You, I mean, mm-hmm. like it's, it's judgment. You, but, you protect the shooter. But you don't. You, well, yeah, you protect the shooter while they're in the air and the ball's in his hand. Now, the, the reason is when that ball leaves his hand, there's like .2 seconds left. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? By the time it no gets out, .6 is when the foul was called. So let's say that ball is in his hand and leaves his hand, and then the guy makes contact. It could be right at the buzzer. I mean, like, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, if it was a half, sure. a half a second letter. And also, I hate you have to punish the Auburn kid because it wasn't a great closeout. Yeah. It was a pretty good contest, but. He knew he was fixing the foul. So he pulled the reins back on his hands. Oh, yeah. you Man. Oh, man. And the thing about Kyle Guy on the shot, I want to say this. He did not pull a Reggie Miller and kick his feet out. Now, he did adjust his body to absorb contact. There's no doubt. But he, the the play that was run for Virginia was – it's kind of an odd play. They faked – well, they didn't fake. They ran a lob. And then the guy who set the back screen went kind of on an elevator screen to the corner. And the way he his angle to the corner, he had to catch it, turn, and shoot it. There's no doubt. Yeah. That's a tough shot. You would – I thought uh, – Schematically speaking, you would like the guy coming off at an angle off that screen, the know, other where, where, the other side, yeah, yeah, where he could catch it and turn and shoot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like like turn into his shot, yeah, not yeah. catching three. You know, hundred. He literally degrees. had to turn completely, yeah, completely around. around. I thought that was a tough, and that shot had no probable prayer of going in, and it was just unfortunate. But it was a mm. foul, and you know, I'll just say this: uh, Virginia is going to the final four because of a missed call, but it was because of the double draw. Hundred percent. You're right. You're, thought, that's I, spot on. I thought Bruce Pearl handled it well. I really did. He really did. I, he, he really, really, he really did. Well. The the best thing that came out of all that is the video of Auburn fans that didn't realize that they had lost. Now I hate it for them, but I also have never been. I've never wanted Auburn to do. It. Like I, I'm rooting more for Bruce Pearl and their players yeah. than I am for Auburn University. Yeah. Period. Like University of Auburn. Like I. You got a big laugh out of that guy pouring beer on his head. Dude, get thrown oh, out. my God. He, Let's go. And then like 10 seconds later, he's getting arrested. <laughs> but the one that I found equally as funny is all the people that were at that bar and sprinted out and started rolling. Started to go to the tourist corner. <laughs> only to find like, and you think about this too, because you've been in celebrations. But like you understand what a celebration's like? Not many like that. But no, not like that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they're out there, they're throwing toilet paper. You're not looking at your phone once you start rolling trees. Right. But I want to know who the guy was that finally went out there and was like, hey, y'all, 
Uh, they called a foul. They called a foul. We lost. I got I to tell you a funny story. I was on the losing end of a lot of high school basketball games, more so than not. But we lost a lot of close games. But the most painful one that I can remember, I was a junior, and uh, we were playing Vardaman at home. And we were up by one, shooting free throws with 2.7 seconds left. And Vardaman calls a timeout. And Willie Crudup, former oh. really good athlete, great, great basketball player, one of the best players ever at South Pond, one of the best players in Pond County history, was shooting free throws. He was an eighth grader. Good player. And I remember we were on the bench, and my father, our high school coach, was talking to us. And he said, Willie, need you to, need you to make both these, make sure a three-point game. He said, but if you miss the first one, go ahead and miss the second one. There's 2.7 seconds left, not a lot of time. And if they throw one in from behind half court, God didn't want us to win anyway. Right. Well, Willie missed the first free throw. So my father looks at Willie and says, hey, go ahead and miss it. Go ahead and miss it. Willie tries to miss it. He banks it in. Mm. Well, Varman throws the ball in to, you know, the timeline on the other end. So they're 75 feet away. The guy takes one or two dribbles, and the guy guarding the ball slips and falls. Oh, and there are guys man. about three steps behind half court, and he lets one fly. And I was standing under the bucket, you know, and when he let it fly, I was, damn, because I knew it was the bottom of that. And sure enough, kid knocked it down. It was so painful. We didn't win many that games. Hurts. But anyway, they were on our home court, and they celebrated <laughs> Like it was mass hysteria. Oh gosh! They did not expect to win because you know we, right. we most of them. We, their coach calls our my dad the next day says, "Hey coach, we didn't think we were going to win. We didn't film the game. <laughs> Do you mind sending us copy?" Oh, dude, dude. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, I could tell. Yeah, I remember a high school celebration. You you you'll remember this because, and I'll tell you why you remember this. There was no reason why. The crowd shuffled out like it did because y'all had a big game right after. Do you remember when Marley went coast to coast in Fulton? Oh, dude, that I. was hysteria. That was a big one. And I oh. remember, like, okay, so this is hilarious. Bill will get a kick out of this. After the game, Bill like is going up to uh, Trey Weigel, I think it is, is it the principal over there? Or and uh, he was like, "Man, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't think they'd rush the court. You know, it was intense the it whole was. game." And he was. <laughs> I'm standing right next to him. He's like, hey, could you get them back in that corner? But little did he know that I was up in there like, let's go. <laughs> that was that was the year before Ty banked in the game winner, right? That yes, was, that it was the year, year. before. Wow, there yes. was always fun stuff going oh on. Oh, my when we played gosh, that. man. That was so, that was so sick. That was but fun. Well, anyway. what, what's, your, what's your prediction for tonight? 60 to 58, Virginia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, this will be a, the, the, the second most boring – Basketball game I've ever watched. Besides the time that Yazoo County held the ball against Holly oh, Springs, Andre Southern. Oh man, went to Grambling. I don't think he's going to listen, but he went to Grambling and then he went to transfer to Northeast. <clears throat> he had a lackluster year at Northeast. I had to watch a lot of that crap when my brother transferred back. So anyway, <laughs> shout, shout out to Andre Southern. <laughs> anyway, but I went straight chalk. I like that. One hundred uh, totals, hundred eighteen, sixty to fifty eight. Virginia's favored by a point and a half. So you're taking the under because you, when you take the under, you're winning when the game starts? I got time to think about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Whenever this podcast is over, S- I'll have less see, time. See how it's trending. <laughs> um, I'm, I predicted Virginia to win it um, after the fact. I mean, I predicted Duke right, to win it right, all, but right. I have a feeling, I have a hunch, I'm going to change it. I think Texas Tech pulls it off. I like that. I think the way they're defending. And, Dude. And – they're doing a lot of what Virginia does. They man. do. They do. The pack line defense is a big deal right now. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's it's not a 
people say these two teams play a lot alike. They don't. Uh, Virginia is going to go out there and run their lane offense. They're going to have two post players. They're going to be you know screening on the side. A lot kind of what we did a few years back. You used to watch us play at Pontotoc. You pointed at me. I was like, I don't remember. Yeah, you, wait, you know, uh, <laughs> but I know what you're talking You know, you're using your, your post players. You send a lot of pin-down screens. Guys are curling oh, on the yeah. back side. You know, yeah. uh, dribbling away for flair, stuff like that. Black Rescreening. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just a zone. But anyway. I don't know. <laughs> Go Chris. Just hurt. <laughs> but anyway, um, and uh, Texas Tech, as Beard was a seven-year assistant under Bob Knight and a three-year assistant under Pat Knight, they were more of a traditional Bob Knight four-out, one-in, sometimes a five-out pass screenaway motion. They do a little bit more ball screening than, yeah. than Bob Knight used to do. But it's more of a free-flowing motion offense, whereas Virginia Tech handles the ball with three guards around the perimeter. The post players are blockers, screeners, movers kind of things. Right. Um, but defensively is where they're very similar. You That's know, what I was getting. Yeah, at. defensively they're very similar. Um, they both pack line defense, but Virginia does a little bit different than yeah. Texas. But it's pretty much kind of like anybody else running the two-three zone. But yeah. they don't quite yeah, do it like Syracuse same does. Principles. Guard your yard. Don't let the ball penetrate the middle. You know they know exactly where their help's coming from. They're rotating on the baseline the correct way, but the same way every time. Great backside help. Um, I'm going to predict that the game, like you said, it's in a big arena. Uh, that's not really shot well. I'm going to predict uh, Virginia Tech, uh, even in a, a, a I'll say a uh, a little bit higher scoring game. I'll go um, 67 to 63. Uh, t- t- Texas Tech, 67-63. 130 points? Yeah. yeah. I think you, may, you and I may have to talk after this pod. Yeah. I just I, I, I think I think there could be some fouls called. I think it's oh, going to yeah. – you know, I mean, and Texas Tech is missing a kid in the paint. True. So, I think that will allow some more – Buckets in the paint. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think Texas Tech for, for Hunter and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah, but that's my prediction. I, I'm going Texas Tech, like you're going Virginia. So. I like that, man. But, I, uh, yeah, we definitely got to talk after this because I, I want to know what you're thinking. Right. Just in case I need to call a guy. In case you need guy. to hedge a bit. It's, yeah, maybe. Well, speaking of speaking of Chris Beard, um, I feel like um, there's some these big jobs that are still open. Yeah. And I think they're waiting this game out. I know the right now the the hot thing is everybody's talking about Rick Barnes to UCLA. Yeah, and that is very true. He's he's probably he very well could be the name the next coach. But what if Chris Beard wins tonight? You know what I mean? And they can write Dude. that check. I mean, you win one at at Texas Tech out of Lubbock, but you can go to LA and own the Pac-12. Well, and let's not act like I mean here here's something that bothers me: the disrespect that like really good programs get. Because they don't win it. Like, Izzo hadn't won one in 20 years almost. Right. But he's still a phenomenal basketball coach. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there, Jim Beheim hasn't won one since 2003. Still a phenomenal Carmelo. basketball. But people in Hakeem Wark. Jerry McNamara. And Jerry McNamara. Do you ever see that press conference about Jerry McNamara? Mm-mm. There's another thing I need to YouTube night. YouTube, Jim Beheim press conference blow up. Okay. Jerry McNamara. Okay. If you type in some combination of that, you'll uh, you'll get a kick out okay. of that. But anyway, it bothers me that people – it's almost like we devalue programs just because they hadn't won it. I think Mark Few's a top five coach in college basketball. But he hadn't won a title. But yeah. you look at who's won titles the past ten years, it's the same five guys. You know, I mean, like, you know, Roy Williams has won one or two maybe. He went 14 and 19 in 0-9. He won with Hansbro. He yes, won the other. That's not too, He won not long ago, and, and then won, he won with Sean May. Sean May, yeah, so he's won three. So he's won three. Mm-hmm. Coach K's won two or three, I think, in the past twenty years. Um, you know, John uh, Calipari J- won J- one. Yeah, John Calipari's won one. 
But like, so what I'm saying is, is people are devaluing how actual hard it yeah. is to win a national title. And, and I think that's why the Final Four, getting to the Final Four, is so important. And, and I'll and I'll also speak to exactly what you just said there. Jay Wright's one. College basketball, there's nothing better than the NCAA tournament. Nothing. It is also the worst way to crown a champion for the best team in the. It year. is, man. It, it is. It's so brutal. Who's hot matchups? I mean that those. Well, who, and explain who gets your, hurt. Explains your upsets. You know, yeah. it's like, man. I mean that that's terrible. Like. I wish Mississippi State would have played somebody that was a little bit better than the team they played, right. Liberty. Because yeah. I mean, like it's like they, it's like a mind game, yeah. you know. But, but no, I, I, I hate. You're absolutely right. Crowning a champion like this, like it's the best of times and the worst of times. Kind of thing. It's, it's like for entertainment value, it's this is incredible. I don't ever want this to change. But like, then you get tonight, and then you get tonight, and it's like you know. I'm sure it's going to be a good game. And it, oh, of course it would be forty-three to forty-three with about eight to play, mm-hmm. and just you know, it yeah. just. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, 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 and there's no, but there's no way to do it. You know, there's no other different way to do it. I don't yeah. think. You know, but I wish that. Um, I wish there was a format that would be universe universal for all sports, but there's that's impossible. But, um, but no kidding, man. I, I, I've wanted to. Speaking of other sports. I want to shift gears to a little college baseball. Can I make one prediction before we move on? I want you to. If Rick Barnes doesn't go to UCLA and Chris Beard doesn't go to UCLA, I think the next coach of the UCLA Bruins could be Billy Donovan. Ooh. Because Westbrook doesn't like him. Right. You know what I mean? And, and That's right. And it's going to be, there's going to be – and even if he, do, and if he doesn't Which take that sad, job, there's going to be some other big jobs. St. John's is open now, right? Or is it about to be? Chris Mullen. Yeah. I don't know. I think it could be get, coming. Maybe. Maybe getting ready. Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been hearing rumors. Anyway. But you, you talk about Rick Barnes, too, man. I, just, I hate to go back now, but. I'm, I'm sorry to get you. No, 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 because I, I wanted to mention this. Like, I really think that potentially his agent could just be trying to get him some more cash. Yeah, Tennessee can give him. I mean, they can make him. They can give him that. They just paid Jeremy Pruitt, like, and they're the best. The they're, they're the best they've ever been right now. It's a, And it's the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he's probably got a recruiting class that's sitting there thinking, all right, time out. Because, I mean, according to – I mean, uh, from he's what it looks the, like – He's got the number 29 recruiting class in the nation, but he has a five-star coming in. Which is South huge. Carolina. Which yeah, is jo- huge. Josiah Jordan-James, I think is his name. That's like my that. cousin. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and also, I, you know, I feel like, you know, whether, you, whether Rick Barnes goes to L.A. or stays in Knoxville, either way he's got a hell of a, a crime drama. Background for this next novel. Oh, so, dude, dude! Whenever he decides to flip the switch and go John Grisham, I'm just got, thinking of names right now. Like, oh my gosh, the oh man, dude, dude, some volunteer confidential. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> anyway, but, move on from baseball. Yes. <laughs> I'll talk about John Grisham and Rick Mars. They've never been in the same place at the same time. I'm just never, never. I didn't see John Grisham at the Final Four, but I, I saw Rick Barnes sitting there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, continue. Tell me about some baseball. Big, big. SEC baseball weekend last weekend. Uh, yeah, our in-state teams. Ole Miss with a huge. You, Brian called it. I'm not calling him a prophet, but he told y'all three or four episodes ago. Hey man, Ole Miss is gonna rip off three or four, three or four. I said sweep this weekend and sweep double decker weekend. A and M next weekend is that? A- double, well, not next two weekend. Two weekends. Weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Brian called it. Just wanted to let you know that. Um, pitching staff still a work in progress, but I think that Mike Bianco has gotten across to his team. Guys, we can hit. That's what we're gonna do. We're we're going. We're not gonna play small ball. And if if you saw any of this weekend, they just and here's the thing, it kind of takes away from state's series win at Florida, because I mean, Florida has been overrated. They have been for th- throughout the year. And I'm not taking away anything from Ole Miss because a SEC sweep is 
like that, that's it. They're the rare. They don't happen much. But I think that moving forward, you're going to see one of those Ole Miss teams that doesn't have a deep pitching staff, but the four or five they run out there are going to give them a chance to win. And they throw Gracie out there, and, and he's one of the four or five. Right, is what yeah. I mean. And his and it, the, so the biggest thing I think for them moving forward is can they keep how long can their starters go and can they keep their bullpen healthy? Because that was an issue for Karachi last year. And says so you know he he got fatigued. I mean he just he was throwing two nights a weekend and sometimes in midweek. I mean he just he may have led them in innings last year, but he was valuable. You had to have him. But the offense is going to hit anybody that any SEC team that trots out there. I mean, I don't care if it's their Friday guy. I mean, they're, they're going to be ups and downs, but for the most part, it is safe to say right now Ole Miss may be the most feared lineup in the SEC. You've got the best defensive catcher in the SEC. That's also true. Uh, Cooper Johnson. And, and, you know, here's the – like, he was, and he, he hits was, a little he's too. He's a finalist for the uh, catcher award. Buster, the Buster Posey Buster award. Posey award. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool that Buster Posey has an award and he's only been out of college like 10 years. Still plays. <laughs> it's incredible. What, what happened to the Bulldogs? Uh – I'm really proud of this. Um, took two or three at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. A lot of people expected and wanted a sweep, rightfully so, especially after last weekend. The two LSU. of three on the road is always okay, though. But how they got it, JT Ginn scratched Saturday. Came to the ballpark. I think he had a stomach bug or something. Um, they got some bad Cahoons on the river up there for him. Yeah. The weird, let me say this. It's sabotaging him. The, <laughs> the weirdest play I think I've ever seen in, in baseball to score. Peyton Plumley's on the mound. They moved him up from Sunday to pit to fill Ginn's spot. Runners on um, second and third. He gets a strikeout or gets an out, whatever. How, I forget how he got it, but he get. Oh no, he's a bunt. He's a bunt. He threw the guy out at first. Well, the, I guess the baseball had a scuff on it, and this is a, this is one of those. And I hate people like this. There's people that assume that they should be coaching professional baseball just because they know a quirky rule. Because baseball has the quirkiest rules of any – there's just one – you know what I'm they saying? Are. There's one of those like, how did you know that? Like one of those type deals. But I actually did know this. I didn't know it at the time because I wasn't thinking about it and I couldn't hear the broadcast. But he picked up the scuff ball. Peyton Plumney did. He picked up the scuff ball, and instead of calling for time from the home plate umpire, he throws it in the dugout to get a new ball. Well, if you if the ball's coming from the infield – and enters the dugout on a throw. It is a two-base two error. Two-base error. Runners on second and third. Tennessee wins that game two to one. Crazy. You know, it's and, 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 you know, I don't know exactly what was said, but you could kind of see Peyton Plumley like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, how is it not a dead ball time? You know, mm-hmm. he was like, you didn't ask for it. And then Lamonis came out there and argued. You know, but anyway, weird way to lose a baseball game. But what made me so proud, Keegan James filled in for Peyton Plumley, who filled in for JT Ginn on Saturday, and came in, threw his guts out for three innings, bullpen held it. Uh, State got a road two out of three. So, yeah. really cool. This coming weekend, the SEC West leading Arkansas Razorbacks come to the new dude for Super Bulldog weekend. Oh, man. And that I'm, I'm going to make another – I'm going to make a bold prediction here. You just made one. I get to make one. Oh. Mississippi State will set a new record this weekend for on-campus attendance. Okay. And I think they'll do it just because, one, they're a top-ten team. Two, they're hosting a top uh, a ranked team. And it's the first Super Bulldog weekend in the new dude. I think Saturday's crowd sets the new record. And I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's 14,991 maybe. 
Uh, but I think they said it this weekend. I think they're going to have upwards of 16,000, 17,000. Uh, funny thing, you made a prediction about Super Bulldog Weekend's <laughs> attendance. My prediction would have been that Brian Ball would be <laughs> drunk and sunburned and passed out before the band plays. <laughs> I'll take that, man. <laughs> that was always I don't even know who's playing, by the way. I need to look that up. I don't know either. I don't know either. One year, I've seen a lot of the good the good shows there. Uh, Super Bulldog Weekend's always fun. Old Main Music Festival was always fun. Is that the same? Is that the Cotton they, District they Arts it up. Festival? There's, the Cotton District Arts Festival is now in sync with... Super Bulldog Weekend. That's what it was. And then yeah. Bulldog Bash is in the fall. Yeah, I've seen. I, I so confusing. To, yeah, yeah, but it's always a really good time. It's a. It's always. I feel like the weather is always good. Dude, during, during I've never been to a bad Super Bulldog Weekend. I really. I don't think I have either. I don't think I have either. Well, um, that's going to kind of segue us into some other big things yeah. going on. There's some high school baseball. It's kind of heating up. All right, and 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 I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but there's a good. There's every division is for the most part in our area still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pontotoc Warriors are seven and one. Amory six and two. I think they've got to meet again one more time. I could be wrong on that, but shout out to our buddy Josh Dowdy. Does a fantastic job. Probably a top five coach in this area. Uh, always competitive. Always going to do good. Um, and then you've got Tupelo's in a fight for their division. South Tillo's in a fight for their division. Uh, Morville's in a fight for a playoff spot. I mean, everybody in our area is still alive for the most part. But there is one division that I have to mention that is so incredibly. Tight. It's the tightest one I've seen in a while. Do you remember back like four or five years ago when there was that death row division in 2A football like Calhoun City, East Webster, Eupora, Oklahoma, and I mean, it was just like, my God. Everybody like, was good. Somebody's going to be 6-6 six and six and go on the road as a four seed and beat somebody by four touchdowns yeah. in the play. But, so that this is this division. Boonville, Kossuth, North Pontotoc, Alcorn Central, Mantachi, and Belmont. So, Kossuth, state champs 2017. North Pontotoc, state... Runner-up. North half runner-up or state runner-up. I can't remember if they went last year. But Boonville was the other. Yeah, uh, state runner-up. Mm-hmm. Boonville, north half runner-up, lost to North Pontotoc. Alcorn Central, seven seniors... Uh, led by Chase Shaw, my buddy. The baseball team at Alcorn Central is way better than the football team, right? Very much so. Okay, just checking. <laughs> very, very much so. Um, Belmont is at the bottom of the division at, I think, two and five. But if they win their final two games, they're in the first place. If everybody, if everything shakes out, all five or six teams in this division can finish five and five. And if that happens, like Mantachi's kind of upstart. Uh, Barry Cox has done a fantastic job over there. But there's good players. There's there's blue bloods in the division that are always been there. North Pontotoc, Kossuth. There's kind of upstarts who've been good the last couple of years. Boonville, uh, Alcorn Central, and then you've got Belmont and Mantachi kind of on the the younger up upswing. They've got young young players, but heck crazy of a, heck of a tiebreaker situation there. Could you imagine if five six teams finish five and five? And like I said, I don't know if it can exactly happen because of who plays who, but I'm telling you, it could. And it's I mean that's that's crazy. But anyway, uh, no kidding, man. I, I'm I'm excited to see how that shakes out. I'm gonna check out a couple of those games this week, actually, if I can. I, I'm gonna try to go to uh, Boonville and Alcorn Central either tomorrow or Friday. I can't think of so what it is. You're gonna go off that way and watch it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna catch the one at Boonville just because I want to drive to Glen. Oh, okay, so where are you gonna go eat in Boonville? <laughs> you gonna go Dodges? Fishers isn't what it used to be, so probably Dodges. Probably. No, 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 no. If it's still there, I'm going to Grambo's. Okay. Have you ever eaten there? It's right. Know. It's the it's next to Dodges. 
Is it maybe the same gas station? I think Dodge's just gets kind of captivates me there with all the lights. Oh, yeah. It's like going to the casino. I Dude, get out of my car and all those lights are blinging. I is smell that those not chicken the wings. most lit up gas station in the history of your life? Mm-hmm. Up until like you were like, okay, it's just Dodge's. Yeah, no, for real. But like if you dr- like, like, if like you like drove a, through Boomville like in the a, early two thousands, beacon in the night. Like it's like the light at the end of a tunnel if you're driving down old old you know down the strip there and you're like, what is that? It's open yeah. at one a.m. You're like, yeah. oh. That's a 70,000-watt Dodges. I'm going to need 12 spicy wings, a couple of JoJo's, and a roll. <laughs> Those spicy wings with ranch. Oh. A Mountain Dew and a chocolate milk for the morning. Ooh. <laughs> anyway. Well, I guess but no kidding, yeah. this baseball talks, I guess, kind of bring me something we did last week. Give me some athletes of the week. Love to. Uh, I've got two that I need to mention on the high school level. Okay. Switching uh, different diamonds. Two young ladies this past weekend from Tupelo High School, um, Paris Lehman, who played for Matt Justice, came off a foot injury, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get to play this year, uh, had a major foot injury. Uh, she threw a complete game shutout in the South Tilla tournament and also did Tay Wren. Uh, and Tupelo moved up four or five spots, I think, in the Daily Journal poll. But they're uh, they're kind of rounding in shape at the right time. Our, uh, they've got they, – they won a state title in 2017 in fast pitch. Uh, got a good chance this year. It was a sophomore-loaded team then. Uh, they got put out deep into the playoffs last year, and this year I think they got a good chance. So shout-out to them. Um, on the junior college level, my f- – okay, so this this kid plays for me. So this is a homer thing, but it's not a uh, – it's not me being biased. I mean, this could have been anybody's Juco player. Na- yeah, national award winner, state award like, winner. Literally. Sure. Uh, but Hammer Franks from Northwest Community College is absolutely on fire. I had a hell of a right semester now. in Centotopia my freshman year, by the Did way. Did you? Yeah. Good times? <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> so tell me, about, tell me about the week he had. Uh, he went eight for 12. With, yeah. Yeah, I know. It was, it was like insane. He's He actually, I think, has like an eight-game winning hitting streak right now. Uh, he's He got like that for us last summer. Like you just couldn't pitch to it. He gets hot. If you didn't want – and here's the thing everybody kind of made fun of me for. They didn't make fun of me. They're like, man, why are you leading the hammer off? I'm like because I get a free base runner or I get a double off the wall. And you know, the, you know, <laughs> in baseball, funny thing, it always the baseball convention of wisdom. You always put your best hitter like third, but over the course of the year, your leadoff hitter gets the most at bats, and after the first at bat, it's all the same. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. mean, I'm just saying. Well, and that's and then I coached a good team too. I mean, I had so many good players, they make me look really, really smart. Yeah. But after two or three games, Hammer struggled for me last summer. You know, he for you know we were. We were trying to think, man, what we got to do to get him going? We know he can hit. He can, he's a, he can play. He came up to me after maybe the second doubleheader. He said, Coach, man, can you can you move me out of that three spot? I don't care where I go. I'm just – I'm getting nothing but slider, change up, curveball, slider, change – you know, and it's just – I can't get a rhythm. I need something fast and straight. Right. And it's not that he can't hit off-speed pitches, but, like, when that's all you see and there's different arm angles, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. tough. There's a reason they pay those guys millions of dollars to hit off-speed pitches like they do. But – the very next weekend tournament, I stuck his tail in the leadoff spot. He didn't leave it. That's awesome. <laughs> and he, I mean, just literally. And I mean, it, I've never seen this in my life, but watching coaches that had played against us throughout the summer come up and look at their pitcher and kind of give them that, you know, hey, be careful right here. I would rather put him on than let him hit one 400 feet. Uh, so anyway, but shout out, yeah, shout out to those two girls and Hammer Franks. Those are my players of the week. So I want to know who you've got on the college and the pro level. If Hammer isn't going to bat with his walk-up song, it's too legit to quit. He's not doing it right, by the way. Okay, so he okay, time out. He walks up to Migos Hammer Time. Okay, okay, I'll Hammer allow that. Time. I'll allow that. Hammer Time. I'll allow that. I'll allow that. 
All right, well, uh, man, you know me. I kind of always fly by the seat of my pants here, but my college athlete of the week is Kyle Guy. Yeah, it has to be, man. And it's you know he's he's got a pretty good term. The only the only Mickey D's kid in the game tonight. Yes. Um, here's the thing. Um, he wasn't their best player in that game. I don't. No. Think, I don't think. But uh, to walk to the line as an 82% free throw shooter with the championship game on the line, like to go to the championship game and hit three free throws and barely touch rim on all three. Oh, I know. Um, and that's a big the deal. The stones on that and kid. A 81 or 82% free throw shooter is only expected to make all three free throws 54% of the time. Right. With no pressure. Right. <laughs> so no, with, absolutely with right. Hit, is in I mean it's 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 amazing. That's so, incredible, shout out to him. Man. Uh, he's 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 my guy for that. Uh, just because of the stones he showed right there. And then in the uh, the pro sports realm, I'm gonna go with the NBA player. I'm gonna go with Russell Westbrook. It's a good choice. I think as of today, he's got 32 triple doubles this season. Yeah, and he's doing it while not liking his coach. Yeah, <laughs> imagine if he liked his coach. and trying to increase you know improve playoff position. Another thing, cool thing he did the Nipsey hustle. Yeah, yeah. Shot and he did the 2020 game. Like, here's crazy. He did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. But my point is, is I mean, and I know defense is kind of lax in the NBA now, but to strive to do that and tell people you're going to do that before the game, and then you're still able to do it when people know, the that's part, incredible, man. The, the two things he can always do, he can always get his 20 points. Uh, he, no question. And he can get to the rim. With his athleticism and just want to over a 48-minute game, he can always get 20. I think just about anybody. With a little desire and paying attention to going to where the ball shot from, going the opposite side, yeah, of the rim, could probably get almost twenty rebounds a game if you play as much as him. But to get twenty assists in an NBA game, you're counting on other people to hit shots. Yeah, you know what I mean. That that's tough. I mean, that's really tough. Oh, um, so, dude, shout no out to him. And you know, he's he's just wired different. I think he's the best athlete in the NBA. Him and Giannis, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I think they're just they're they're wired up different. Like they just. Their quick twitch muscle, like they do well, stuff that other people can't Giannis do. Giannis is wired different. He comes from another planet. That's it's, it's at that size. Yeah, I mean, he's not even he's not even from this world. Well, before we wrap up, moving along, um, we got something we got to talk about. Okay. Fitting, we're here, and an ode, if you will, to our uh, our brethren at the AAF. Ah, dum dum da dum dum da dum. Anyway, but he, yeah. So, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I give mine. I want you to tell me yours. Well, let me say this. I never thought the AAF was going to work. I hoped it would. And here's the thing. By you saying that, it's about to prove the point I think I'm about to make. Mm-hmm. I think. We know the XFL's coming <laughs> next year. We know what's going to happen there. Right. But i got to throw a buddy in because here's the only thing. I think that the American public is thirsty for spring football. I think that the I think that America wants to watch football outside of normal football season. That's and like I think there's enough interest for people to you know, like I, I think it's enough for people to like say, all right, but you gotta be and it's gotta be a good product. <sighs> Hear me out here. I think they need to try to get away from playing in these Big, big stadiums. Mm-hmm. They look empty. And look, and you know, it like you know, like here's the thing. Arena league football kind of has its own following. It's kind of like the like Comic Con level yeah. niche hobby. But I think that people need to start looking at, hey, let's just let's let's find a stadium, or let's build a stadium 
kind of the way that the MLS has done. Here's the thing. The MLS as a soccer product is bad. It's the worst professional league possibly in the world. As far as the the major leagues. The fans are rabid. But people, they adore it. If you watched Atlanta FC win the title this year, you would have thought you were watching the World Cup on U.S. soil. But that was simply They're probably the 50th best professional soccer team in the world. Stretching it. Maybe on this side of the equator. Yeah, yeah. Or prime meridian, whatever that thing is in the middle. But anyway. North, south of the equator. Left, right, prime right. meridian's left, right. Yeah, anyway. But no kidding. It, it's it's adored. People love it. Mm-hmm. They've got, I think whoever's in charge of the XFL, if they want to make this work, Vince McMahon, if you're listening, you and, and Mr. Ebersol, go see what the MLS did for marketing. Go see what Arena League did. Because here's the thing. Arena League started in those small, you know, like the Bank Corp South Center. Right. You know, you don't have to have 45,000 people watching Garrett Gilbert throw interceptions. You know? Here's but anyway, my, go ahead. Here's my thoughts on the AAF, as well as any other football league, not named the NFL. Do not do it. And here's why. There's not enough players to go around. For instance, um, the ones that are any good that are not on NFL rosters would rather be on practice squads. 100%. Or, and get a check. Or get a check. Um and a chance to move up and play those last four games. You know what I mean? That, right. That's how Michael Spurlock, He's special how Michael Spurlock got vested in the league. He played. Right. Like he, he was a practice squad guy, and then boom, he gets in there and starts taking kicks back to the house for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, you cannot compete on a football level. Even if the football is fundamentally sound and it's good, I do not care about anybody that I saw play. I thought the draft system they did was terribly flawed. There weren't uh, enough noticeable players, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't care who played at Middle Tennessee State, I'm sorry. No. I don't care who was at Arkansas Pine Bluff. I want to know who played at Ole Miss, who played at Memphis. I want to know who was there. I mean, I can say. That's right. So they didn't do a really good job with that. And they did not do a good job in the cities that they were in no. of getting the people out to like promote the product. Correct. You know what I mean? It's just they they I know they were in Memphis. They didn't give enough radio interviews. They weren't out in the city. Whereas you said the Memphis nine oh one football club is everywhere. It's right. it, it's a crazy fan base. Um I'll say this. It, the one hope that the AAF, AAF had was that they were going, there were two things that they were banking on. The technology of their in-game app. Yes. It's supposed to be fantasy and gambling yes. friendly. That's why the guy bought into the league. He wanted to buy that technology. That's right. And then he couldn't figure out how to use it. They couldn't do it, so the league's folded. The second thing is they thought they might become a feeder system to the NFL. And in theory, that sounds wonderful. Right. But here's the thing. The NFL has a feeder system. It's the NCAA. It's called the SEC. They get, and it's free. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't, cost they, Yeah. So why would the NFL draft McKinley Holland and know, look, he's probably not going to play for a couple of years, but we're going to send him to the AAF and let him get his brains beat in and maybe see and return yeah, our investment. especially if I'm a skill position yeah. player, why would I do that? Yes. I mean, and if, so that that's kind of, in hindsight, it's just never going to work. I don't think so. It's never going to work. Um, the only cities it could work in are cities like San Antonio, Mm-hmm. Where the there are so many people. There's a sports fan. Base. There's a sports fan base. There's no football. They've never been scorned. Agreed. They want professional football. Yes, Birmingham it could kind of work because it's a mm-hmm. football rabbit place. But Memphis, there's not enough people living there. Basketball is king. And basketball's always been king. And, and now yeah. and you could put them in Orlando. You know what I mean? Like something Salt like Salt Lake that. would be a good Salt one. Lake. Yeah, I mean like uh, you know. Um, but I, I don't think you can put them in a city where there's already football. No, and you definitely can't, not. And you can't put them in a desolate place where people don't live. Right. You know, um, Oklahoma City would be a nice one. Oh, they'd they'd love it. Yeah, I, I think they, they should love. I it. think they should have just done a little bit better job of planning this yeah, out. Maybe, I agree. Maybe take another year, go to the NFL and say, what are the chances here? Okay, not going to do it. Cool. We got to figure out something else. 
You no, know I, I mean? agree, so, man. But that's just kind of where they were flowing. So I, I agree, and you know, like it, it, it they're going to have to somehow partnership with them. Yeah. And like you know, it's, it's like it's all marketing now, man. If if I don't if I'm not if I don't want to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. You're not going to say, hey, man, we'll just give give this a chance, check it out. I'm just like, no, dude, I know what I'm getting with that. So you know, and the another thing that we didn't mention, the superstars they didn't. They they didn't pub Johnny Manziel as much. That's as they what I was about to say. To. When Memphis signed Johnny Manziel, there should have been an official decree from the top of the league and said, "I do not give a damn who is playing quarterback for Memphis. He is now on the bench, and Johnny Manziel is playing." Right, and but. we're going to televise every single game that Memphis <laughs> plays from here on out. They did a genius thing. They mic'd him up. Oh my gosh, I know. I mean, like they all they they were a little too cookie cutter and clean. They they should have if it, it it was not going to work. But if it was going to work, it should have been a little bit more XFL. Agree. I mean, if that makes sense. You know, I mean, not Agree. so buttoned up, not so official. I mean, let, let, let's get some real energy and emotion out there. These guys are playing football professionally, and that's what they're going to yeah. do. And they have a goal. No, you're you know right. I mean? But, that, yeah, so. but like, the, the first thing I mentioned, the one thing, and then we'll let it go, the one thing they need to do is, is if they are going to be in cities that don't have football, they need to find these eight to 10,000 seats. Because here's the thing. The only people, the only reason people ever started watching a ring league football is because when you cut the TV on at eleven o'clock, it was on. and they're in the middle of dead gum Des Moines, Iowa, in April, the Iowa Barnstormers. The Barnstormers. I loved, I, dude. Old arena league. I used to love that. I used to go to the Memphis Pharaohs games, dude. No doubt. But my point: when you cut that TV on and it's on ESPN two at eleven o'clock at night, you don't see an empty seat in the house. No, you don't. And you're sitting there, and, and you, you know, an intellectual is like, okay, but that place only holds eight thousand. But if you're just watching the game, like, man, those people are into that. I may check this out a minute. That ball's in the stands. It belongs to the fans. That's right. <laughs> Dude, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the the, I wish that either everything would just, just stop and they would just pour all their energy into the arena league and make arena league cool again or get it right. Figure out a way to get it right. Is that our new campaign slogan for Holland Ball in 2020? Make arena league great again? Duh. <laughs> T-shirts are already at Michael Bailey's place right now. <laughs> but anyway, Brian, been a good show, man. Good Funny to see show. You, man. you too, man. And I, 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 speaking of which, we, uh, folks, we wanted to let you know we tried to get an interview with Old Dominion. Uh, yeah, this I, week. So, and, just, and you know, just truthfully, I don't really know who they are, but they're playing at the Bancorp South Center. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, you should go do that. Uh, couldn't upgrade your seat from top row to the floor. Yeah, but when you know, go. yeah, yeah. So I, we'll catch them next time they come through. And uh, you know, I think they might have been at the ACMs last night. So yeah, yeah. And you know, shout out to some folks. They all you guys sent us submissions for your your favorite movies and stuff like that. JP Davis. Yeah, he sent me five baseball movies. So thank you for doing that. And also, congrats on the birth of your son. Yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, we got some big things lined up, and we got some big guests coming in. Like yes, I said, sir. we've been teasing them, so we're going to keep those rolling in for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're gonna make sure that, that that one that we've teased is buttoned up pretty good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, folks, thanks for always for listening and uh, check us out on Twitter at the Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. Uh, been a great show. Absolutely. We will see you next time on What's Happening. Be safe out there. Later. <laughs> <laughs>